Between the essential reads and the English essentials, I spend a lot of time writing scripts. Now, I could do this from home, but it's a lot nicer to get out of the house and work in a coffee shop or a cafe. I could use my phone data to check articles and research for my scripts, but that can get expensive fast. It's so much easier to use the Wi-Fi at my favourite coffee shops. Well, thanks to Surfshark VPN, I don't have to worry about public Wi-Fi networks stealing my data. I simply choose from one of their 3,200 plus servers in 100 countries and continue working without having to worry about anyone stealing my data. Use the link in the description or episode notes to get Surfshark VPN today for as little as $2.30 a month on a two-year plan. And work worry-free wherever you please. Did you know that whenever you use a website, you give them permission to track what you do online? If you keep the tab open, they can see what you do and create a digital footprint of you. Well, with Surfshark Antivirus, not only will you never have to worry about downloading any risky files, but all of your web browsing will be protected, guaranteeing that you can search freely without leaving any digital footprint, and guaranteeing that you can't be tracked online. If you feel like your online protection should be better, use the link in the description and episode notes to get 76% off Surfshark Antivirus today, and feel safe every day on your devices. Hello, and welcome to the Essential Reads podcast. I'm Isaac, and my goal is to bring to you a bunch of audiobooks from your favourite classic authors such as Orson Welles, Robert Louis Stevenson, John Steinbeck, and many more. Come join me on this journey to help get these books to the masses in an easy, accessible way. Let's start. The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck Chapter 9 In the little houses... The tenant people sifted their belongings, and the belongings of their fathers, and of their grandfathers, picked over their possessions for the journey to the west. The men were ruthless, because the past had been spoiled, but the women knew how the past would cry to them in the coming days. The men went into the barns and the sheds. That plough, that harrow, remember in the war when we planted mustard? Remember a fella wanted us to put in that rubber bush they call Guayul? Get rich, he said. Bring out those tools. Get a few dollars for them. Eighteen dollars for that plough, plus freight. Sears Roebuck. Harness, carts, cedars, little bundles of hose. Bring them out. Pile them up. Load them in the wagon. Take them to town. Sell them for what you can get. Sell the team and the wagon, too. No more use for anything. Fifty cents isn't enough to get for a good plough. That cedar costs thirty-eight dollars. Two dollars isn't enough. Can't haul it back? Well, take it, and a bitterness with it. Take the well pump and the harness. Take the halters, collars, hams, and tugs. Take the little glass-brow band jewels, roses red under glass. Get those things for bay gelding. Remember how he lifted his feet when he trotted? Junk piled up in the yard. Can't sell a hand plough anymore. Fifty cents for the weight of the metal. Discs and tractors. That's the stuff now. Well, take it. All junk and give me five dollars. You're not buying only junk. You're buying junked lives. And more, you'll see. You're buying bitterness. Buying a plough to plough your children under. 
buying the arms and spirits that might have saved you. Five dollars, not four. I can't haul them back. Well, take them for four. But I warn you, you're buying what you'll plough your children under. And you won't see. You can't see. Take them for four. Now, what do you give for the team and wagons? Those fine bays, matched they are, matched in colour, matched in the way they walk, stride to stride. In the stiff pulling strains, hams and buttocks, split second, timed together. And in the morning, the light on them, bay light. They look over the fence, sniffing for us, and the stiff ears swivel to hear us. And the black forelocks. I've got a girl, she likes to braid the manes and forelocks, puts little red bows on them, likes to do it, not no more. I could tell you a funny story about that girl and that off bay. Would make you laugh. Off horses eight, near ten, but might have been twin colts the way they work together, see? The teeth. Sound all over. Deep lungs. Feet fair and clean. How much? Ten dollars. For both? And the wagon? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'd shoot them for dog feed first. Oh, take him. Take him quick, mister. You're buying a little girl, plaiting the forelocks. Taking off her hair ribbon to make bows. Standing back, head cocked rubbing the soft noses with her cheek. You're buying years of work, toil in the sun. You're buying a sorrow that can't talk. But watch it, mister. There's a premium goes with this pile of junk in the bay horses. So beautiful. A packet of bitterness to grow in your house and to flower someday. We could have saved you. But you cut us down. And soon you will be cut down and there'll be none of us to save you. And the tenant men came walking back, hands in their pockets, hats pulled down. Some bought a pint, and drank it fast to make the impact hard and stunning. But they didn't laugh, and they didn't dance. They didn't sing or pick up guitars. They walked back to the farms, hands in pockets, and heads down. Shoes kicking the red dust up. Maybe we can start again in the new rich land in California where the fruit grows. We'll start over. But you can't start. Only a baby can start. You and me, why, we're all that's been. The anger of a moment, the thousand pictures, that's us. This land... This red land is us. And the flood years, and the dust years, and the drought years are us. We can't start again. The bitterness we sold to the junk man. He got it all right, but we still have it. And when the owner men told us to go, that's us. And when the tractor hit the house, that's us until we're dead. To California or any place. Everyone, a drum major, leading a parade of hurts, marching with our bitterness. And someday, the armies of bitterness will all be going the same way. And they'll all walk together, and there'll be a dead terror from it. The tenant men scuffed home, 
to the farms through the red dust. When everything that could be sold was sold, stoves and bedsteads, chairs and tables, little corner cupboards, tubs and tanks, still there were piles of possessions, and the women sat among them, turning them over and looking off beyond and back. Pitchers, square glasses, and here's a vase. Now, you know well what we can take and what we can't take. We'll be camping out. A few pots to cook and wash in, and mattresses and comforts, lanterns and buckets, and a piece of canvas. Use that for a tent. This kerosene can. Know what that is? That's the stove. And clothes. Take all the clothes. And the rifle. Wouldn't want to go out naked of a rifle. When shoes and clothes and food, when even hope is gone, we'll have the rifle. When Grandpa came, did I tell you? He had pepper and salt and a rifle. Nothing else. That goes. And a bottle of water. That just about fills us. Right up the sides of the trailer. And the kids can set in the trailer. And Grandpa on a mattress. Tools. A shovel and saw and wrench and pliers. An axe, too. We had that axe 40 years. Look at how she's wore down. And ropes, of course. The rest? Leave it. Or burn it up. And the children came. If Mary takes that doll, that dirty rag doll, I got to take my Injun bow. I got to. And this round stick, big as me. I might need this stick. Had this stick so long. A month, or maybe a year. I got to take it. And what's it like in California? The women sat among the doomed things, turning them over and looking past them and back. This book. My father had it. He liked a book. Pilgrim's Progress. Used to read it. Got his name in it. And this pipe? Still smells rank. And this picture? An angel. I looked at that before the first three come. Didn't seem to do much good. I think we could get this china dog in. Aunt Sadie bought it from the St. Louis Fair. See? Wrote right on it. No, I guess not. Here's a letter my brother wrote the day before he died. Here's an old-time hat. These feathers never got used to them. No, there isn't room. How can we live without our lives? How will we know it's us without our past? No, leave it. Burn it. They sat and looked at it and burned it into their memories. How will it be to not know what's land outside the door? How if you wake up in the night and know and know the willow tree's not there? Can you live without the willow tree? Well, no, you can't. The willow tree is you. The pain on that mattress there, that dreadful pain. That's you. And the children. If Sam takes his Indian bow and his long round stick, I get to take two things. I choose the fluffy pillar. That's mine. Suddenly, they were nervous. 
We got to get out. Quick now. We can't wait. And they piled up the goods in the yard and set fire to them. They stood and watched them burning. And then, frantically, they loaded up the cars and drove away. Drove in the dust. The dust hung in the air for a long time after the cars had passed. Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please leave a review. And if you really want to support me, share this chapter with your friends, family, and whoever you feel would enjoy it. And if you really wish to support me, head to my Patreon. The link is in the episode notes. If you choose to follow the podcast, you'll have three new chapters per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Once again, I thank you for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.